I'm Jason Notoris, and this is SPE Talks to Shauna Noonan. Welcome to the SPE Podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, we encourage you to do so. It's a great way to keep up with the latest oil and gas technical trends and valuable information. As is our monthly tradition, 2020 SPE President Shauna Noonan is joining us now virtually. That's that's our new tradition. And sadly, also, Shauna, this is going to be the last time that you join us to talk about your presidential column. Yes, it is. Um, and I will say that I am not necessarily going to miss having to write these monthly columns, mainly because I'm more of a technical writer, or actually, I'm not even much of a writer. So this was actually a huge development curve for me, and I was adamant that I was going to write my own articles. That necessarily hasn't been done in the past by um, former presidents. And it would take days of just sitting down and focusing and trying to get not only thoughts together, but something that was actually cohesive, I guess, for lack of a better term. So now, now, I've, got, now I've got spare time. I can, uh, you know, go out and improve my golf game and uh, my hobby of skeet shooting, you know, instead of hunkering down and trying to stay focused writing these columns. But I am proud with the body of work that I was able to put up. Not only writing the columns, you took it one step further, and this is the first time that we've had the podcast where we bring a president in to speak about the columns, which I think has been a great way to reach people as well. Exactly. Now, looking back at your your presidency, I know we mentioned in the opening that we were in studio for a while doing these these podcasts, and then you know once COVID hit, it became virtual to be able to record these. Members have asked me before, and I'm sure they've asked you too, whether or not um, there's any disappointment the way that your presidency has been split up, the latter portion of which being so affected by the pandemic and the crash of the oil prices. Yeah, and actually, I get asked this question uh, quite a bit. And to be honest, I, I am, I'm not disappointed. I made a point uh, as I was incoming president to visit as many sections and speak at many events as I could. A lot of it was just collecting feedback from our members, because again, we're a member-driven organization. The role of SB president is just so much more than just handing out awards, going to conferences and visiting sections. You know, you're also chair of the board of directors. And this time it was critical to serve as that chair uh, and guide our society through the worst situations of, of our history. And I really look at it as an inflection point. You know, it's requiring us to anticipate how to deliver on our mission to our members in a post-pandemic world. And of course, you know, it's even made more challenging because this is SBE's worst financial crisis in its history. We rely on our events for our revenue for revenue for many of our programs, about 70, 75 percent. And it's not only, you know, how financially how it's impacted us this year with all these uh, cancellations and postponements. But now that people have tasted coming virtually to the events, how how is that actually even going to change our, our business model? And really the financial hit for SBE, it, it's, it's going it, to take several years for us to uh, correct. But I do want our members to be reassured that, you know, we know we're in a cyclical industry and financially SBE was prepared to ride out financial crises such as this. 
However, we weren't necessarily set to ride through a multi-year crisis, but don't worry, SBE is still going to be there to serve as members and continue on with its program. Now, I do want to say, though, you know, the, the board, we've been having to meet quite frequently because situation at one point situation was changing daily and the term remote it it it's kind of strange in the fact that by being together remotely as a board we actually got closer if you know it's kind of strange to say because now we're seeing people instead of across a, a conference table we're actually getting a glimpse inside their homes and we're getting to see you know or hear their children or their their dogs or even two. We've had a few meetings where we've seen a few dogs and um, jump up on people's laps. So it, it, it's been entertaining uh, in, in some strange regard. Are you considering becoming an SPE member? When you join SPE, you join a society of dedicated professionals just like you, working to address the technical challenges of the global oil and gas industry. SPE membership gives you the opportunity to make local and global connections and build a network of influential technical leaders from every discipline. Learn more at spe.org join. I, I appreciate everything you're saying because to me, I'm looking at this almost as practical optimism, which kind of ties into what you established when you when you first were handed the gavel in Calgary in 2019 at ATCE, because you outlined these goals. And while I'm looking through these goals, I'm thinking, okay, the headline of the goal, despite the pandemic, despite the oil crash, that headline's not changing. Maybe some of the content of it does, but you established goals when you came in as as a president. So can you go ahead and talk about those? Definitely. And I wanted to make sure that my last column was giving an update on what we, and even though I set out the goals, the work that's being done, it's a we, it's, it's the board, it's SBE staff. So I wanted to update everybody on how we've come along. And again, my, the theme of my presidency was SBE strong. And who, who knew back then that it was going to take on additional meeting as we uh, ride through this rough time. And of course, there's been the adaptation now, the SBE Stay Strong, uh, which has been used to you know, message hope and guidance to our members. Now, I still have about two and a half months at the time of this recording in my presidency to still get a lot of uh, these initiatives um, towards achieving these goals completed. And also, I still have the just over a year when I'm actually past president to ensure that what has been implemented is sustainable. But let's start with the the, the first goal on which I thought was, I shouldn't say the most important because they're all important, but it was strengthening the quality of our technical content. And, you know, I'm proud to say that there's been quite a bit done. Again, it has to do with a lot of the work with program committee members. They're now really working and mentoring more with the authors to ensure the quality of the papers that go into One Petro are, uh, are high quality. And now we're able to track when there is uh, a paper submitted into a conference that gets flagged by a session chair or program committee person that it needs 
a little tweaking to increase the quality, we can actually use that now as a benchmark for monitoring the progress and quality improvement. So hopefully the number of papers that do get flagged by uh, the program committees will go down. And Shauna, with bringing in the virtual presentations, is there anything new there with how the progress and the processes are running? People are having to pre-record their presentations and turn them in for these virtual conferences. I know that there's been some that's been done live stream, but what I've seen most recently is more on the pre-tape presentations and then the live Q&A. And what that actually does is it finally gives for the first time, uh, session chairs to actually pre-screen and possibly ask for revisions on the presentation side um, of these. So that that's actually been an interesting silver lining. Now, when it comes to then the manuscripts that get turned in for peer review, one of the things we really needed to do was to streamline and improve the time it took for a paper to get into uh, completed through the whole peer review process. And I will say that the pandemic has not impacted the huge improvement. And I was really proud to announce that the number of days for paper to complete peer review has declined by about 40% when compared to last year. And that's huge. You know, I still remember times when a, a, a paper would take almost a year and a half to go through peer review. And really, by the time it actually then appears in our peer review journals, it almost seemed uh, obsolete. And I'm really hoping that this is going to attract more authors to submit papers for publication in our peer review journals. Now, I did have the concern that if all of a sudden we started opening the floodgates of papers coming in, in into peer review, that um, our technical reviewers will be swamped. But, um, you know, the more volunteers we can get uh, to do technical peer reviews, you know, and it is a very rewarding experience. I did it for many years. And actually, I'm still going to continue to do it as well. Um, you know, we should be able to handle this, this onslaught. Shauna, you mentioned tracking the technical papers. What's been done in the past to do that and what can be done in the future to further enhance this? Well, that was one of my final initiatives under strengthening the quality was finding a way to properly track or trend it. And I, I realize it is a qualitative, not necessarily quantitative, but again, you were engineers, we like numbers. So what had been done in the past, a lot of members don't realize, but for conferences, we used to uh, do a technical quality index that was derived based on answers from post-event surveys. And it was quite useful when I was on the board running the, the meetings and, and training uh, board committees because we could actually trend over time if the perceived quality of content was going down for an event. So then we could actually get in there and uh, intervene. Unfortunately, that index hasn't been used much in the last few years. It's something I kind of wanted to resurrect. But again, not only resurrect, but one of the big problems is if you're taking data from post-event surveys, you actually need people to fill them up. And usually the percentage of people that do that is very small. But now we're doing hybrid and virtual events, and people are now able to access a lot of the on-demand content, there's got to be some way in the virtual space to be getting more feedback 
on uh, the quality of papers. And we get asked by many members too, well, why don't you do something like the Amazon rating system within one Petro? You know, we did try something like that a few years ago. The problem with that is you can get people to to skew or like it could get biased really, really quick with mm-hmm. that system. So um, this is still a goal that I'm planning to accomplish during my time on the board. It's just we still don't have a clear path yet on how to do that. So that is outlining the first of five core areas you wanted to address, strengthening the quality of our technical content. The The next goal was around strengthening the tools and methods that SPE uses to disseminate knowledge to its members. Yes. Now, it, this initiative was really just trying to uh, find all the different ways we can get our quality content out. You know, we've done it in print, obviously, through papers and through our magazines. But I really wanted to expand into doing video and audio, obviously, that's these podcasts, and also to make it not easily consumable and accessible via mobile devices, because now a lot of us are doing our our reading or listening through our iPhones and, and tablets. I really wanted to hit the ground running on this early. So I was really pushing these initiative as I was incoming president. So we were able to have a lot of this launched by the time I was president. And it was, it was very fortunate that we did have this underway because, you know, at the start of the pandemic, when everybody was under lockdown, we were still, we were able to use all these different ways to um, disseminate our content. Now, I'm very proud with podcasts. I remember right when I was first getting onto the board as incoming, I was challenging the staff saying, look, okay, we need to get podcasts up and running because starting with my very first column, I want to do a podcast. It's been amazing how it's grown. Last time I looked, there was over 38 podcasts and still growing and over 30,000 downloads which I think is fantastic. Kudos to you, Jason, because you are the driving force behind this. So I appreciate that very, very much. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so keep, keep keep it up. Let's keep those podcasts going. And that's one thing we're trying to understand too with the new business model is how can we uh, uh, generate revenue? So mm-hmm. maybe one of the things we'll start seeing is possibly ads other than SPE ads in the podcast, just same as, same as everybody else. Now, absolutely ads, sponsors. Um, I think, I think now's a good time just to plug it, right? (laughs) If you're interested in an ad or sponsorship of the podcast, uh, email podcast at SPE.org. Let us know. Yeah. Yeah, Cause we now have, we have the data to show that, you know, these, these podcasts are, you know, being listened to on mass. So that is absolutely fantastic. And then now, and then there was the, the video series, um, the SVE Stay Strong, which are only accessible to members, and uh, they're featured on the app. That got launched in May, and now it features over 32 short videos on technical and non-technical topics. And one that might promote is uh, Aaron Burton's instructional series on hydraulic fracturing. He's got a five-part series on that app. This app is a key to trying to disseminate a lot of not this information access a lot of our virtual and live stream media and the one thing i'm 
I still don't quite understand is almost all our members have a mobile device, but we have such a small percentage that have the app actually installed. So it's one of the things I'm really going to be trying to market and get the message out to people is, you know, you're going to, you're going to be missing the boat on content and notifications and things that are only going to be uh, streamed or made available through that app. So we need more and more people to download. And when I said a small percentage, the last numbers that I saw, you know, for our membership, we have approximately 150,000 members, uh, half being students, half being professional members, but we have like less than 20,000 people have actually downloaded the app. So we need a, we need a lot more of that. And adding on to that, presentation videos are also now starting to appear in One Petro. So that's also unique and exciting. Yes. And it started with OTCE uh, 2020. So when that was canceled, uh, about 80% of the authors agreed to record their presentations. And now when you go into One Petro, you can uh, download the paper and or you can also listen to the uh, the presentation, and that is now uh, going to be occurring at the, the scale conference. Is was like that, as well as Urtech, uh, which recently happened, and LATPEC, which is a and the HSC International HSC conference. Again, it's a silver lining that instead of people that would prefer to actually listen to the content and and see the presentation in the comforts of their home as opposed to uh, just downloading a paper and reading it. It, it it gives more options but one of the things we're now having to do is SBE from a infrastructure position is especially in the video space and even for example even with these podcasts as we start amassing that content we have to develop new platforms from which people can filter and search for the information that we need and that's uh, one of the things that we managed, even though like we're in a financial crunch, the SBE Foundation has uh, provided the funds for us to work and develop these platforms to the benefit of our members. Much of the work of the Society of Petroleum Engineers is accomplished by members. Become a volunteer and use your knowledge and experience to influence SPE programs and activities. As a volunteer, you can enhance your leadership skills while meeting and working with other SPE members from across the globe. There are many opportunities to get involved, regardless of your experience, location, or experience level. To learn more about the League of Volunteers, visit spe.org volunteer. So the third core of strengthening SPE revolves around strengthening the content network activities for the disciplines and the fundamentals for the membership? There's been a term that's been uh, used within the board and within our membership on expanding the tent, expanding the tent. We need to grow members. We need to reach the non-traditional disciplines. We need to expand into downstream, midstream. And I was really concerned that we were diluting the, the offerings and the focus on those traditional disciplines that make up our industry. It's basically drilling, completions, productions, operations. And I, I won't go into too much more detail because that was a, a recent column and a recent podcast that I did. 
But I'm happy to say that we're still focusing on bringing uh, new technical sections that are focusing on the core disciplines to light. Like just recently at the June board meeting, a new technical section covering artificial lift and deliquefaction was approved. Um, we're working on creating a hydraulic fracturing technical section and a new engagement hub, uh, a pilot. We're first focusing on the drilling discipline as the pilot is under development where it's uh, creating new and exclusive content to our SPE members that um, have drilling as their primary discipline in their profile. By the way, it's very important that people keep their SPE profiles up to date um, because that's not only uh, data for us, but also too, that's going to be key for what you are able to access when we start rolling out exclusive content. Now, most importantly, our virtual live and on-demand events, panels, and webinars, they are now able to reach our members in the field locations, and then the, those that are in field locations, again, are of our core discipline. So now, all SPE members, regardless of their location and time zone, can benefit from these knowledge exchange, exchanges, and what, again, that strengthens up the value proposition for someone in our core disciplines to be an SBE member. And I'm seeing how all these cores are kind of building onto each other to really strengthen SPE working together. And so looking now at your fourth goal, that was strengthening the knowledge transfer and unconventional resources, which dives a little bit deeper into the disciplines and the fundamentals. So the unconventional shells, they're crucial to our industry being able to deliver on future energy demand. And I'm just not talking the shales in the United States. I'm talking globally. Now, while knowledge sharing within the U.S. players is ongoing, as I was traveling, I saw there was minimal dialogue and uh, knowledge transfer on a global scale. It really seemed to be a mindset of, well, if it wasn't invented in our shale basin, it's not going to be applicable to us. Instead of trying to take on all the shale developments globally, I focus more on the Vaca Morta, which is in Argentina, and it has the potential for that country to realize energy security, just like the, the Permian Basin uh, unconventionals have done for the United States. So what I was able to do was, in March, we had a Vacamorta strategic discussion that occurred between the local stakeholders and the SBE technical directors. And I brought in the SBE technical directors, not just because you know, of their uh, expertise in their discipline. Uh, I was blessed at this time on the board of having technical directors that were also considered industry experts in unconventionals. And that discussion, albeit small, because this was right at the beginning of the pandemic and companies, they were restricting employees from coming to events such as this. It, it, was, it was really successful in the fact that um, we all got a better understanding of what the development challenges were with the Vaca Morta. There was some really good sharings of some best practices that were done in other parts of the world. And then we also learned from the local stakeholders uh, ways that they wanted SPE to assist them. Uh, when I mean assist, uh, help contribute to the success of them unlocking the potential of the Vaca Morta. And I really hope now that that session can serve as a template 
to um, be repeated for other unconventional basins globally. And I do also want to mention, and I was very proud to see that at Ertec, that we were seeing actually several uh, papers and uh, presentations on the Vaca Morta. Um, so we're now starting to see that uh, cross communication, pollination between the the U.S. Basin players and the players in the Vaca Morta. So that was a, a, a big check for me. And getting to your fifth, to me, I mean, even take away the effects of the global pandemic, this one looks like it's the most challenging um, for, for various reasons. And I'm, I'm excited to hear what your update is on this. Uh, the fifth goal is strengthening the feedstock of incoming talent into our industry. Yeah, you are not kidding that this was the most challenging, and it was the most challenging a couple years ago. Way, <laughs> uh, you know, against um, the 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 pandemic. And as I traveled to the sections, it's the perception of the oil and gas industry and the challenges for getting that incoming talent is different. And they, and, there are actually the regions out there where there is no impediment or concern of people wanting to have a career in oil and gas, whether it was from um, uh, environmental concerns or, oh my goodness, peak oil. I, that means then there is not going to be a career for a petroleum engineer. It really comes down to increasing a, the awareness not at necessarily at the college level, but again, back into the schools. And this is where the Energy uh, for Me program is so important. And I've been so pleased that one uh, SBE brought back uh, a dedicated staff member to revamp our whole Energy for Me program. And if, it, if folks haven't gone out to the Energy for Me website uh, in the last year, Please go and check it out because it is it is a lot better. Contains some uh, great industry information, and we also started another site with more of a fueling our future blog, and and also contains a lot a lot of good uh, links to energy and industry reports from outside of SPE. Again, just finding different ways to reach out to people that want to learn more about all the forms of energy and the energy transition and then directing them to our sites and our stories to again properly educate. One thing I've also seen during the pandemic is a lot of our members are doing some of the energy for me experiments or energy education through Twitter, LinkedIn and I think that's fantastic one of the most recent ones that i saw was a series that was done in saudi arabia done in arabic uh to help educate the children and and our uh, regional director for latin america and the caspian cesar patino he's he's put it full throttle he's doing energy for me uh tweeting out these short clips and um uh experiments almost on a weekly basis and again, we, we need to we need to capture we need to capture that during my time as outgoing president. Focus uh, more on helping our energy for me initiatives and energy education because that is that is going to be critical for again strengthening the feedstock. And for everyone listening, we will put a link to the Energy for Me website 
in the show notes of this so that you can easily access it. Sean, we've now covered your five core goals heading into your presidency. But looking back, I'd like to hear from you personally, what are some of your favorite moments that you've had as the president? There are so many. And I look back on all the pictures and the mementos and that of my travels. But there are a few that do stand out. You know, I got to go to the United Nations. The Geneva section hosted an event talking with their director of sustainability initiatives. Going to the LNG plant in Papua New Guinea and actually that there's that's the picture that accompanies my uh, article in the JPT touring the universities and seeing areas of research um, and then also to the companies that open up their uh, research facilities to you know share with me what their technology initiatives were and what they're trying to develop and some of the ones that you know, I really want to thank are uh, Petrobras, Shell, Schlumberger and Vista Oil and Gas for uh, allowing me that opportunity because, you know, I, I work for a competing company and a lot of times I don't necessarily um, get to see that. And also going to Saudi Arabia and uh, talking with our members and especially the, the women members in Saudi Arabia, that was a highlight for me that um, I definitely want to go back and return and spend more time into that, that beautiful country that, you know, my company does not operate there, so I wouldn't have given that chance. And again, it's just talking with the members, hearing everybody's perspective. You really now are a lot better informed and educated when you understand or hear what people's challenges or issues are from a worldwide perspective. Say, for example, Gulf Coast section, they've got some initiatives that they would like to take on a global scale because they think it would really impact our members. But, you know, having understood what works where, you know, it's like, well, that here are some areas where possibly that could expand, but it's really not applicable because it's not an issue in, say, for example, these other areas. So, yeah, it was very, very fortunate. Um, I'm a much richer person, not in terms of finances, but in terms of wonderful memories and photos and um, new new friendships that are uh, going to be with me for many, many years to come. This is about the part of the podcast where I usually start going through, wrapping up the episode, uh, giving out the thanks, talking about question of the month. We're not going to be doing question of the month for this podcast. Uh, we do want to keep the conversation going, though, so feel free to use hashtag SPE podcast to reach us on social but Shauna, because this is your last podcast for the presidential column, hopefully we can get you to come back and do some other podcasts on other topics in the future. Um, I, I'd like to leave you with any final thoughts that you have to conclude this episode. Thank you, Jason. Um, I appreciate this because there's a few final points and thoughts that I do want to get out to our membership and just um, reiterate the fact that SBE is a member-driven organization. And during my time as president, it was very important throughout my travels that members' voices be heard. Well, not even through my travels, but even as we were parked in our homes, social distancing, I did not want to just uh, take over the social media streams and have our members only hearing the one voice. You don't have to be SBE president 
a committee chair or an officer to implement change in, in order to increase your membership's value. 20 years ago, when you know I was a younger member, <laughs> um, and again, as an artificialist specialist, a lot of the industry's artificialist knowledge was shared at non-SPE events. And I've made it my mission as a young member to change that. And it started by uh, talking with SPE staff and offering to lead a small local workshop and just keep championing and building on that. And now it's evolved into a global artificialist conference series. And I'm proud I can look into one Petro and see so much more artificialist content and also events that are occurring within SPE. And it just started out as myself as a young member, not just speaking out, but actually stepping up to be a champion. You know, I'm so proud to be part of a society with so many strong leaders and contributors and champions within its ranks. And, you know, as I traveled the globe to engage with the membership, my pride in being a petroleum engineer and professional in this oil and gas industry grew with each visit. And I want to thank all the sections and chapters that hosted me. And I pledge to keep my promise to meet those sections where visits were canceled due to the pandemic. I want to thank our SBE staff from all our regional offices for their constant efforts to implement and maintain the programs and create the tools identified in SBE strategic plan. I need to express my gratitude to my employer, Occidental Petroleum, for their steadfast support and understanding throughout my journey as SPE president, because basically they cut me loose. They had to cut me loose for three years and uh, financially support me during my presidency. And, you know, it's one thing for an individual to see the value that SPE provides in, ter in terms of competency development, but it's even better to work for a company that recognizes it, it as well. And that is definitely uh, my employer, Oxy. So, you know, as I've worked, to make our society stronger, and not just as SBE president, but right from day one as being an SBE member, you know, I too have gained strength from this memorable experience. So with that, I'm Shauna Noonan, SBE 2020 president. Thanks for listening. <laughs>